happier place to be. I want grimy Maple syrup is the best. It's so yeah. good. Just be present with me and love me. I won't cry, Wow. 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 Part of the end game here is vaccination, 100% vaccination. And Bill Gates, this is not a conspiracy theory. He gets on TV every day wildly waving his arms, talking about the world can't go back to normal until 7 billion people get a COVID vaccine. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America Show. We are going to be chatting with the fabulous Dr. Pam Popper a little bit later. Uh, A lot of you probably already heard about her. I know... Grandma's following all her stuff. I know a few people that's following all her stuff as it comes along. And, um, yeah, it was a good chat, exciting chat. A lot of COVID stuff in there, mostly COVID. Probably be a covid app right through, right from the get-go. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun chat. We got Graham, COVID, Dunlop over here. <laughs> anti, anti. Anti-COVID? Anti. Huh. How are you? Good to think I caught COVID at the gathering. What gathering? Yesterday. Really? Are you sick today? No. What? I think it's just allergies. Oh my God. This is the problem. (laughs) It's super dry right now, so it's tough to say. Yeah. The furnace is kicking in for the first first time, time. really. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be dry. Well, I'm not worried about it, even if you got it. The official official percentages are so low. The official data. I mean, this is what Pam talks about a lot. This is what I want to rant about in this intro. So if people like you're going to put a timestamp on the uh, on the podcast where the interview with Pam starts. So if people don't want to hear about this, this grant, this rant about COVID and about masks. And I got an email to read and and an article to read and stuff like it's going to be a combination of our operation project, project operation and the quote and all of it is in one little package here for you. A neat little package. So I hope you're ready for it. I'm ready. It starts with some censorship too on our on our Did you see that? I actually tweeted I actually like shared it via tweet too. I didn't see, no. I don't do that very often, but the Instagram Instagram's being throttled right now. The throttling you throttling specifically. Our our Instagram account. <clears throat> There's been a huge purge, like censorship all over. Twitter, Instagram. It's getting really bad. Huh. The more you know. Why are they putting warnings on your stuff now? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of warning? Like uh, fact checkers uh, have have found a similar post that contains misinformation. So we're going to flag this. And then they mentioned the flu on there. And I'm like, so I sent another, took pictures and then sent another one out. Hey, fact checkers, you know, you're not, the AI can't even pick up that I don't say anything about the flu. It's a completely wrong fact check. They're just, their algorithm is just picking up previous fact checks, finding other posts, and throwing their warnings on those posts that might not even be the same. This is a blanket fact checker? Yeah, it's a blanket. It's an AI, hey, we fact checked something similar. Now we're, now we're throwing it on this, too. Even though I didn't say a thing about the flu, I didn't compare it to the flu in my post. 
But they say I did. The fact checker say I did. Or like the fact checker was previously fact checked about a flu comparison. It's just so disappointing. I'm just, it's just, I'm, it's, I'm mind boggled by this whole thing. Fact checked. They're so bad. Yeah. And, and this is because I was putting out the information that, that official CDC percentage, like I think this confuses people, right? The 99.997% of 1 to 20 age, and then it goes up a little bit. Uh, I had it open here now. I got to find it again. But I seen the stat I, today was that you were like um, 20, almost, no, it was like 20 times more likely to catch COVID if you're wearing a mask. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is what I want to get into. Yeah. This is again. So, that was from the CDC data. I haven't really gone down the <laughs> rabbit hole in that yet. Friend of the show, K Pack, shared a tweet, uh, and uh, I looked at it, and he was like, "Yeah, here's the the CDC data's in," and basically it was, um, yeah, it was like three point nine percent of people that are anti-mask. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, uh, catch yep. COVID yeah. and. I didn't break down exactly how I did it, but it was about 20 times more likely. And I, which makes a ton of sense. Like I said, with, like I was talking about last night at dinner, it's a ton of face touching. You're touching your face an extra 20 or 30 or 50 times a day if you're wearing one of these masks. Well, and you can tell these politicians come out, they, they don't wear them all the time because when they do wear them, they're touching them like 60 something times in a short speech. They're just grabbing their face constantly. So if it's really that bad, you know, that can't be working well. So the way they've got it set up, it almost seems like so now every time you go onto the bus, you got to put on a mask, touch everything on the bus, the handle, the rail, the thing, the thing, then get off the bus. Yeah, but it's not, I don't think it's that bad even via touch. I mean, Bonnie Henry, like Pam Who's Popper, that? who are, Pam Popper, our, our guest, <clears throat> played a clip or she talked about Bonnie Henry, who is the the head of the BC, like the province over health and health and services or whatever from BC. I don't know her official title off the top of my head. And she had a very common sense approach. She's like, it's not everywhere. It's not in the air. It's not on your packages. Don't wear gloves. It makes it worse. Just don't touch your face basically. And I, I can't remember what she said about masks. So, but other than that, it was very common sense. And this is the, the head of BC. So there is some common sense coming from some of these official Official sources, but the CDC, the, the other thing I wanted that I, I was sharing was that the official death counts from everything in the States, everything, it's the same this year as it was for the other three years, like very, very similar. So there's not a whole bunch of extra people dying. I mean, that's probably because it's been offset by people not going the hot to the hospital. 200,000. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the mass thing's getting to a new level here. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks around here. My last week was already interesting for masks. Yeah, it's 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 getting to the point because you you know you and I have been researching this for a while and and we think it's getting sillier. Yet it's still getting more clampy, right? You're, they're clamping down more, which is which kind of freaks me out because there's no reconciliation between new science or new facts or official data and w what's really going on. So who, who's controlling the narrative here? So that's kind of what I'm going to get into a little bit. I mean, I have, a, I have an email that I was going to read from a listener. I saved it up for this episode. 
And I can see it coming. You're probably going to hear all, all, you're going to be hearing about my mask escapades. Yeah. Third party all week. Yeah. I got like four phone calls about masks on Friday. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I've drawn a line in the sand a while ago. I'm not going to start crossing it now. So two site safety officers and then. So I'll get in, I'll get into Tony Heller did a great video about it again. Like he's, he's, you know, hitting on the science and he shows the graphs and all that. And, and, and you know, I trust his sources, usually they're official sources, but he shows that the masks, the, 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 the these cases rising up everywhere, the top 20, I think, or maybe even all the top ones, they're all where the, the mandated masks have been. So all these new cases are coming in. It's just like what you said earlier about they're causing more of it. I mean, we, we speculated about this months ago. We're like, the masks are going to cause more positive cases. And sure as shit, all these places that have mandatory masks, the cases have gone up. And you still look at Sweden, and they're fine. And you look at these provinces and states that have not a lot of population usually, like South Dakota, they're fine. Well, They've been a shining be example. Plan now. Selling them? Lawsuit. Lawsuit. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're being discriminated against because of your asthma. Your I felt allergies. like I was being attacked all last week because of my asthma. <laughs> there you go. It's like if I had one leg and they're pointing and laughing at me and giving me a hard time for having one leg because I can't hop fast enough. Even in Calgary, what was it? August 1st was mask mandates, right? So is it not work? Why is it still going up then? Because they don't work. Not only that. So I just defer people directly to the city of Calgary bylaw page which says right on it that people yeah. may have exceptions yeah. for a bunch of different reasons. Yeah. And you can't, and you that can't the exceptions do not need to be proven. And if someone's not wearing a mask, you are to assume they have an exception. There you go. Yeah. And most businesses are able to do that. And most then I get a phone call saying, if I don't wear a mask, I'm not allowed X, Y, and Z. And then I'm stuck saying, well, unfortunately I am allowed. Well, this is the problem with the, this is the, Oh man, this is the, the in my the, opinion, the this is the spot. most important place to put up the fight. That's what I say. It's the businesses have to push back to the government. The yep. businesses need because the people can't do it. The people can't do it on their own. They don't have a voice in this type of thing. They cannot push back. They just put their mask on. They go. Well, my guys ask the, me. I just say, if you're not wearing a mask, I'm going to assume you've got a good reason, and I'm not going to ask because I don't want to put undue. Because you get into all sorts of weird spots where you can get in trouble. If you're a manager, right? Because now, even if you ask someone, you're like, it's like the job interview thing. You're not, yeah. you're not like allowed to ask someone how old they are in a job yeah. interview. Yeah. You're not allowed to ask them if they have a driver's license or not. You're not. Or yeah, I think you can, if it's a job for driving, you can ask them, but you can't ask them if they have a car to get back and forth to work because your answer can't be based on them not having a car. So it's a, it's the exact same sort of thing with my, so what they say is if you even ask them about a car, if you start doing things because you're their boss, you're putting undue, they might answer something they don't have to answer because they look at you as being in a position of power. So that's going to get super greasy with employees. So now if you start asking your employee, if I ask one of my guys, hey, how come you're not wearing a mask? Now by law, all he has to say is because I have an exception, but because I'm, in his boss and in a position of power over him, now he might tell me, oh, because I have a bad, I only have one lung or blah, blah, blah. It's that same sort of thing. It's the same. I mean, it's this weird sort of power thing that, you know, the Me Too thing sort of against men in power doing it to women. So it's the same sort of yeah. 
thing yeah. except on a blanket scale against all employees. Yeah. And the thing is, most people don't know. No. Like tons of people I find now coming up to me because they overhear me on site saying blah, blah, blah. And then I walk over and someone will pull me aside and say, hey, huh? how do you get out of wearing a mask? Yeah. I was actually thinking about printing out a thousand little business cards to just... You just hand to people. Yeah. yeah. It has the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the law on the one side and the thing, something that's suit because I mean, I've got the gift to gap, you know what I mean? I'm good at talking to a strangers or B people that are quote unquote positions of authority and stuff like that and not getting nervous, but I get it, man. Most people climb up at just from talking to strangers, you know what I mean? Like yeah. now to have this whole mask thing, it's just a whole thing that, it's just not worth the effort for a lot of people. The anxiety, just trying to fucking defend their position yeah. against someone is yeah. just a bunch of anxiety they don't want yeah. to deal with. But that's why, that's what's so scary to me right now is that it's, it's people cannot or they don't want to defend what's happening here. They can't even look at the official data. They don't want to look at the official data. Most people I know that I push back with, I'm like, just look at the official I, data. And they don't, it, it, it doesn't even matter. I'm a so, staunch defender. So my argument is, and, I, and I was going to get into the email. If someone gives you crap for not wearing a mask, you treat it the same way as if they were making fun of you for not being able to hear. Or something along those lines. I just haven't found a well, good that's way to word where, yeah, that. Yeah, that it's, yeah, it's discrimination. It's easy you're when you're doing it on a high level and an argument about it, but I'm trying to find a way to just kind of put that into a meme. Yeah. But like it, not just a meme, a usable meme that I can just blurt out in a second. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If someone has a good one, send it in. Well, this is, I mean, I kind of wanted to, the email to lead into this conversation, but it's fine. So my, my philosophy is on this whole thing. And this is why the mask thing bugs me so much, because even if they did work, even if the social distancing and the masks did work, even if they did, I still don't agree with it. I still think it's overblown. I feel, I still think we should be. Building up our immune systems and going about normal, normal uh, life. And if you're sick, you don't go out. If you're sick, you stay home. And, and the, the you, know, you protect the me. elderly people and the people with comorbidities and all that. Fine. I know that like, just like Sweden did or whatever. <clears throat> so did I don't Sweden agree with do the that? principle even. I didn't, they, they pretty much kept it open. They, I mean, they would I think would've... that's what you got to do. I mean, I don't know. My position is it's, it's that this is the first time in history we've tried to like run and hide from mother nature well it's because it's it's designed right i mean that's the thing it's Maybe designed, it's designed but i mean people like the articles i was seeing the other day was like is herd immunity worth it and blah 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 and it's like in my opinion herd immunity is the only the only option don't forget a lot of us have t-cell immunity already i mean there's a lot of information out there that's why we're not getting that's why it's not also rampant but Ontario's locked down again now. That's what I have. I have a clip here. I have a clip. The only politician that seems to be pushing back right now. Who's who? Randy Hillier. Who's that? He's a he's an MPP. MPP. An independent MPP. Is that right? I don't know. MP? <laughs> Member of Parliament? Can I play it? Member of Parliament. Can I play it? M it's a couple. MP. It's a, well, it says MPP in his. You down with MPP? <laughs> you know, OPP. That's. <laughs> Is that about the Ontario Police Department? Are you kidding me? It's other people's pussy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Ontario Police. Really? Yeah. That's like <laughs> the third person that's brought that up. 
Really? Yeah. Are you actually sure it was about the Ontario Provincial Police? I was like, no. No. <laughs> I was like, they're from Compton. And I know, but I thought it was a, like, because they're, they're like the American cops. OPP, I mean, they're yeah, like the American cops. I mean. No, it's other people's pussy. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Listen to that song again. It'll be a whole new. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. You ready? Yeah. This is from uh, Randy Hillier's. It's a link. I'll put a link in the show notes here. Any relation it's to couple... Tony Hellier? No, this is Hillier, not Hellier. And Tony Heller was the other guy I was talking about. But the same weekend that the. So he's talking about, this is just a post. He's talking about contradictions for Thanksgiving weekend. So this is the official contradictions that are happening. Okay. The Minister of Long-Term Care says it's like a bad flu. Our government is imposing fines and laws to prevent ourselves from being with one another. And these are not cheap fines. These are expensive fines. $10,000 for the host if you have 11 people in your house. This weekend, uh, this is outrageous. Uh, it's unwarranted. It's it's disproportionate um, for the flu, for something that the government cabinet actually says is like a flu. Um, but but another contradiction is playing out. Um, yesterday, the chief medical officer of health. He's got the Canadian accent, eh? <laughs> He's got to be from the East. <laughs> stated in the press conference at Queen's Park that the alarm bells are ringing about COVID and the chief medical officer of health, David Williams, has enunciated and stated yesterday that he is proposing ever more restrictions on the people and businesses in Ontario. Bad flu season from the minister, more restrictions, more lockdowns by the chief medical officer of health. We'll have to wait and see what comes down. But it's time we stand up, that we speak out, and that we take action. I'm going to give one further contradiction this week. This week, the chief medical officer of health for Ottawa cried out in the media this is a good one. that the hospitals were overwhelmed and that they were in a panic situation in Ottawa and that more restrictions were required. That was early this week. Yesterday, the chief executive officer for the Ottawa hospitals, that's the Ottawa General Hospital, the Ottawa Civic Hospital, the Riverside, the came out and said, in all those hospitals, we have never had more than two patients with COVID on any day in the ICU. How can we be in a panic mode? How can we be overwhelmed and only have two individuals in our hospital? 
So this is that's Ottawa, the capital of Canada, and that's what's worrisome to me is when it starts in Ontario. Like we are always a little behind in Canada from the rest of the world, it seems, and especially the states. And then in the West here, we're a little bit behind the East. Seems like whatever happens there comes here eventually. So, you know, he's got some great points there. He his video went viral, the one that he was in Parliament asking the questions about the internment camps, why they're actually going out for you know, request for more information on people building internment camps. Like they're trying to build isolation camps in Canada. Yeah. We should check one out. Uh, They haven't started yet. They're just going about the process. And that's what I mean by being behind. Like, why are you putting that out there now? You know, because they, they want to have somewhere for dissidents. I think so. Yeah. I mean, why else would you do it? Why not just shoot us cheaper? Well, Maybe that'll come to that eventually. Way cheaper. You're not going to shoot me, just get me out the front door. Anyways, he's he's the only one pushing back, it seems. Good stuff there. I like that since it's National Aboriginal Day today. Also Occupation Day. Happy Occupation Day. We had our dinner last night. Yeah. Um, was that we went, we canceled a half billion dollar project to get it so that all the reserves in Canada and all the Indian communities, Indigenous communities... Would have no more boil water advisories on their drinking water. We had to cancel that because we spent too much money on COVID. Wow. The same day, we announced a $450 million fund to help fight COVID overseas in third world countries. Oh, really? Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. We just canceled fixing stuff for the Indians so that we could send money overseas. And, you know, probably uh, my opinion is that's just backdoor. Oh, it's money laundering back scheme. I don't trust anything laundering. that goes overseas anymore. Are you kidding? Sending tax dollars overseas so it can go back into different people's poli- yeah. corporations yeah. and politics. And then and come back somehow through Canada, through these politicians. That's how they all get rich. Weird it's bank disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Disgusting. We need a foundation, the Grand America Foundation. Nonprofit. Non- well, we're already a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> so... Do you want me to read the email then, or do you want to go on a little bit more about the... No, I'm done. You know, taking money away from that. I'm done. So there's still boil advisories? I mean, that's, yeah, I don't that's know exactly hard to believe. which ones, but there's a lot. Like that's even brutal. There's, there's that's some hard to believe in town that you need to... I can't believe that. You know, so they don't even have clean water. Yeah. Yeah, and we're pushing money outside. Yeah, tons. Oh, it's just gross. Yeah. Yeah. They love you. Oh, it's okay. How much... So maybe $8 billion towards the vaccines? Isn't that what they spent? Canada? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. How much of that would have helped? Not only that, they signed a bunch of contracts for masks. Yeah. They built their buddies' mask factories. Yeah. Gave them the money to build them and then signed contracts saying they'd buy so many masks for the next five years. Yeah. I wonder why it's not going away. The masks. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's that's my thought. That's my take. Is that a bunch of people make me? They ramped up mass production so much and promised so many people so much money that they've got to do something. Just sell them to China like they did before this whole pandemic. Didn't they send all or their masks over to China? You'd think you'd stockpile them or something, but for a real pandemic, they're buying them and giving them away. Ugh. Every yeah, time it's... I go through a drive-through, they give me masks. Really? Yeah, I got, no, they I don't. got quite the collection of no, masks. They don't. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
I probably got more masks than most people in the city for being the anti masker Why do they give you, what do you mean through a drive through I don't know, every once in a while I go to drive through and they'd be like, do you want any masks? And I'd be like, yeah. What? <laughs> and I just throw them in my center console. I just kept throwing them in my center console. I took her out the other day. I must have 30, 40 Why masks. Why would you do that? Now you're just pro- propagating the problem. Now they think it's there's more of a demand. Tax dollars. Now they think there's more of a demand than there really do you know is. How much money I what are you pay gonna do? You're gonna tax? write stuff on them and sell them, or you gonna decorate them, them and the sell cupboard. them? Maybe I'll need them one day. Oh my god! There are things you're creating you need fake for. demand. I had my N95s. I gave some to Natasha because she's got some rock grinding to do. Masks come in handy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, another thing is like when you're doing dusty work. Yeah. Might want to have a mask on. Yeah, yeah. So it's no, good to have some masks. I do this kind of no, stuff. I know, no, I know. Cleaning I know. out the chicken coop, good to throw a mask on. Yeah. You're going in there, you're going through all the chicken shit, throwing it in the bin, it's good to have a mask yeah. on. Yeah. I'm not anti-mask in general. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just anti-mask in public for no fucking good reason. Okay, I got an email here. Okay. What kind of jingle could I put? Oh, I don't know. Spam gram maybe or? Spam gram. This is why you don't get to pick the jingle. All right, mask story. Enjoy. This is from Max. Hey, Graham, I apologize in advance for run on sentences, grammatical errors, and spelling errors. I have a great mask story for you guys. So recently, it was my girlfriend's 30th birthday, and we were on our way to our parents' house because they were hosting the party for her. My mother wanted us to stop for soda for the party. I said, no problem. So we went to Sprouts Farmer's Market. I don't know if you have this kind of store in Canada, but it's a higher-end health food store in America, and it's about as left as you can get. So we show up at the store, and my girlfriend realizes she doesn't have a mask, and she doesn't want to go into the store. I tell her not to worry, and that I will go into the store and pick up the soda. (laughs) Just so you know... I have only worn a mask twice since the start of this, once at a military base to perform job duties in March, and the other was to rent a bike at my buddy's work. My buddy's work is at a resort, and I was staying at his house for a vacation in June. I didn't want to cause any trouble for him at his work, so I wore a mask for him. Therefore, I oppose the mask bullshit, but have worn one twice. Very similar to me. Back to the story. I get out of my car and walk towards the entrance. There's about six different signs indicating how to operate a mask and the requirements to enter the store. And I look at them and walk right in with no mask. In the past, knowing you're breaking the rules did give me anxiety at first. But after you realize that rules only hold as much power as you provide, they begin to be really easy to break. So I'm walking in the store, the double door entrance. As soon as I walk past the second set of doors, the intercom says, manager to the front. Well, I'll tell you something, it's an intense feeling walking into an area of controversy. I felt like a black man in the South in the 50s walking into a whites-only restaurant. People in Southern California don't take kindly to people that don't follow the rules. I think, well, thumb up and let's do this and walk to the soda area in a complete daze, just blocking out all the stares and hatred directed at me. I am there looking at the soda for about 30 seconds and the manager of the store appears around the corner and she asks me, hello, sir, how was your day? I politely tell her, I'm doing great. How is your day going? She responds, where is your mask? You need to mask. You need a mask to shop at the store. I told her politely, I can't wear a mask. She then said, we cannot serve you unless you wear a mask in our store. We do offer curbside pickup for those who can't wear masks. I said, oh, 
man, you offered curbside pickup and I didn't know this. I paused for a second and thought you can go around back and pick up your food from the kitchen. But then I said, well, you have a mask on. Could you buy this for me? (laughs) She looked taken aback and said, what, with my own money? I said, no, of course not. I will give you my credit card and you can purchase the soda for me. Then quickly I said, I can't seem to find the cola. It appears you are out. She then completely forgets the purpose of our discussion and looks to see where the product might be. She searches the shelves and finds nothing. We make small talk for a second. And then she says, looks like we're out of, so- we're out of the cola and apologizes for the inconvenience. I said, no worries. At least you have some ginger ale. She asks, was that all you needed from the store? I replied, yes. And I began to walk from the soda area to the front of the store. The manager overtakes me with speed and walks toward the register. It's a Saturday afternoon. About seven of the 10 registers were open with approximately no exaggeration, five to seven people in each line waiting to be checked out. So for some reason, I got the presidential treatment as she opens a register for me. I get to cut the lines completely, but understand it was not like, oh, sir, we can help you out on register four. It was ready to go before I even walked from the soda area to the front of the store. I thought, wow, this is great. I guess they just, they do serve my kind. When she was checking me out, I asked her, so how long are you guys going to operate like this? She replied, for as long as the company tells us and as long as COVID-19 is still going on, I told her, wow. Well, thanks for that and good luck with that and left the store. Graham, don't get all worked up about little things like masks. (laughs) I think you... I think if you don't like the rules, break them. Sometimes the consequences end up better than following them. Other stores in my area don't care if you don't wear a mask. And even though they have signs saying you must wear one, the shepherd cares for his flock and never abandons abandons them. No matter how stray the flock will wander, he will be patient and understand of their choices. When the flock finds that their way back home, the shepherd will be waiting without judgment. The noble statesman, the shepherd will be, and the flock's respect and love for their shepherd will allow them to follow him out onward till the end, out force onward to the end. Anyways, he says, lame, ha I've been drinking, boys. Well, boys, I love the show. I hope my story gave you a laugh and keep up the good work. So, yeah, I really appreciate it. Good, good email. Good story. Seems typical. But it got me going on the mask thing, right? And it's like, it's not the little thing. It's not a little thing because it's a constant reminder. It's the tool they're using now to oppress us. Tool of oppression. Right? Isn't it? I mean, it's not just, like I said, it's because I don't agree with, even if they worked, I wouldn't agree to doing it. So just don't do that. No, I, it's not about me. I don't go, I don't have to. I, I don't go to places where I have to really. Then what's the problem? <sighs> it's i'm getting emotional seeing all these people out on their own outside on their own scared shitless of some invisible disease with their mask on i think the best thing to do is just not wear a mask and smile i yeah that's what i do i know i don't you're doing god's work but i don't i don't have to go i mean it's just, it's just sad. I guess it's just deeply sad to I see it. I'd to like see it going more level. that way. It's going more that way, and well, it's disgusting to me. Well, something gets the job. You're gonna. Something tells me you're gonna get the opportunity to have all kinds of mass conversations over the next week or two. Because it's gonna be start being a thing tomorrow. As all the sites slowly go to mandatory, it's gonna infiltrate the day job. Well, I want to make this, this, 
I want to make this episode because people can share this Pam Popper, her YouTube channel and, and her, this episode with people maybe that need to, to see a different side of this. So I got an article here. Ultimate proof COVID-19 was planned to usher in the new world order. Now this is the bigger picture stuff that frustrates me. So I'm going to go through it quickly. It's kind of like the, it's got a couple quotes in there. Kind of like the operation project segment. The iPad show died. The, show the what? iPad died. Your iPad died. The other iPad broke. Have you ever had it? Char has it ever been charged before an episode? And sometimes the other one broke. Really? It fell out of the truck when I opened the door. The really? Other day and it was, fuck! Smashed. Well, that sucks. Do you really? have a, you have a warranty on it? Do you have that? Um, I don't know what I got. I got to bring it in there. Like the Bell store I got it from is now out of business. <laughs> <laughs> so. I bet you you probably got a, a warranty on it just for that kind of emergency. How long do you think it's been? Uh, uh, less than a year, probably. I wonder if I have yeah. Apple Care on it. I yeah, think we that's might what have I mean. Apple you might Care have that, on everything. Yeah. yeah. So this is from an article. I'm going to link to it in the in the thing, and they're talking about uh, there's a like list of 21, 22, 25 of these things. Now I'm just going to skip through to the ones that um, are kind of a little bit more relevant. I think I'm not going to go into the deep, the deep, deep sort of depopulation stuff in here. But um, as far as I know, they link to all their resources down here and, and a lot of the stuff we've already talked about. So number one, medical doctors declare the pandemic was planned. A group of over 500 medical doctors in Germany called Doctors for Information made a shocking statement during a national press conference. The Corona panic is a play. It's a scam, a swindle. It's high time we understood that we're in the midst of a global crime. There was, and they got pictures of all the crowds in Germany, like hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people without masks. They're fine. They're fine in Germany. Number two, hundreds of Spanish medical doctors say the pandemic is planned. So this is now we go to Spain. A Spain, a group of 600 medical doctors called the Doctors for Truth made a similar statement during a press conference. COVID-19 is a false pandemic created for political purposes. This is a world dictatorship with a sanitary excuse. We urge doctors, the media, and political authorities to stop this criminal operation by spreading the truth. The chicken was checking you out again. Oh, boy. And then it goes into this other stuff, like um, the testing methods and uh, the test kits were sold early. And Fauci, <laughs> get, get, you know, there's, I mean, this stuff is, most people probably already heard, but how he guaranteed a pandemic within the next couple of years. Bill and Melinda Gates guaranteeing an endemic, uh, an imminent global pandemic. The the war the event two hundred one, this is kind of creepy. Excitement about selling vaccines in the next year. So shortly after that exercise for a coronavirus pandemic, Bill Gates tweeted. Now, now check the date on this. Okay, <laughs> this, this, I'm particularly excited about what the next year could mean for one of the best buys in global health, vaccines. Bill Gates, December nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Think about this. The world's number one vaccine dealer guarantees a global pandemic to occur in the next few years. And his wife said we should all fear an engineered virus that is on its way. Then they organize an exercise for an imminent global pandemic and say vaccines will be the only solution. Next, Bill Gates tweets how excited he is about selling vaccines in the next year. Immediately after that, the announced pandemic breaks out. 
Global Preparedness Monitoring Board. I mean, this is a great this is a great article. I wouldn't mind reading this whole thing for the for one of the episodes actually. There was a, a journalist that predicted this in 2013. Was it engineered? It talks about money going to the lab. Chinese biologists oh, exposed by the Italian state media. Movies that predicted it. Pandemic during the Olympic Summer Games in 2012. Have you seen that? No. Creepy. Don't watch it. Doctors dancing and masks and the coronavirus uh, from above. Uh, the journalist that predicted it. I'm just skipping through this stuff. Scenario for the future. Gets into some of the scarier police state stuff. Handbook for global control. <clears throat> Is this like an infographic? Uh, it's a huge article with links and videos and all kinds of stuff. The plan, and, and then it gets into the DNA mon uh, altering vaccine. Um, I'm just skipping through to a, a bunch of the end that talks about the George Guidestones and using vaccines to reduce humanity, which I think could be looked uh, Bill Gates quote on that could be also looked at in a different way. So there's a huge summary here, and then I'm going to get into the predict the quote, the quote aspect of it. So the plan to control the world, you may have heard the world, the word globalist before, but for those who aren't familiar with these people around the world who plan to create one world government. So they have total global control over health, religion, finances, everything. Main players in this are the UN, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the European Union, the International Monetary Fund, and many others. They recently came together in an event called Davos, where they expressed how the pandemic will be used to deploy their plans. So this is why people call us paranoid. But this is these are the players, Davos. right? Now, do you want, like, this is the other part of the, the argument, because they... There's a quote in here that talked about it being sanitary, right? They, they make it seem like, hey, we're going to build back better. That's going on everywhere now. Everybody's talking about build back better. The UN, our Canadian politicians, Biden, um, the EU, the WHO, they're all talking build back better, which sounds great, right? Oh, we're going to build back green. We're going to, you know, collapse it and build it back better. Green, sustainable, all that. Do you trust these unelected leaders to run the world when there's censorship? I mean, that's the other part of this that we hadn't even ranted about. The doctors, I, I saw this interview with a doctor who's had 100% success rate on COVID, treating, all the, treating it um, holistically. 100% success rate. He wrote a paper. He actually had it peer-reviewed, and his website was shut down. They're censoring any kind of alternative health, holistic therapies, the doctors from all over, massive censorship. Do you trust big tech and big pharma to control the information and run the world? Do you really, do, do people, like, do people trust More this? More than who? People trust this. More than the elected leaders that are running the world right now? Yeah. Yeah. What's I the mean, difference? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good argument there, I guess. I mean, I, that's the problem I have with it is we all knew that something needed to collapse, right? It wasn't working the way it was. But to have it happen this way. By our elected leaders all in to a man. To the revolution being backed by big pharma. And big tech. And big tech. And all the other big corporations. Yeah. And the government. Yeah. And the news stations. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess I trust it at a national level more than global because the bigger you get, the worse it gets. The Maybe more inefficient it gets. The came more... around to our side of thinking. Is it tempting? No. No? 
I do think of that. I mean, I do try and go to the other side and say, is maybe this is, this would be good. I just can't go there though. So here we are. Here are some of the statements they made at this Davos. Now is the historic moment in time, not only to fight the virus, but to shape the system. The pandemic represents a window of opportunity to reset our world. The world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies, from education to social contacts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. And we're paranoid because we're reading from Klaus Schwab, founder, and I've, I've heard and listened to it in his accent. It sounds like Dr. Evil. I mean, this is, this is I, I've heard him say it out of his own mouth. This isn't just a fake quote. Funder of the World Economic Forum. Funder? Funder. Funder. <laughs> <laughs> I double-checked that. Too. I was like, is that founder or funder? <laughs> I think he's like the spokesperson. I don't think he's founded it, but he's, he's a funder. Interesting. <laughs> so nobody wants these organizations. I, I mean, this is sort of the last little quote here from the article, and it's just about, you know, do we what we've just been saying. So not a single human on earth has voted for these organizations to even exist, let alone take control of our lives, families, communities, jobs, health, industries, etc. Yet they present themselves as our world leaders who are planning our entire future. The World Health Organization represents itself as a global boss over our health without any one of us having cho chosen for them. They apply a tyranny in the mainstream media and social media where no expression of medical or scientific expertise is allowed unless it is in line with the guidelines of this world organization. Tens of thousands of medical doctors and scientists have been censored all over the world by Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Why? Because these social media giants state that only what the World Health Organization says is true. All of humanity must submit to these people who have positioned themselves all over us. Over all of us. That's a difference without ever asking our opinion or even consulting without other medical experts. In fact, every single medical expert speaking out against their decisions is censored. This means complete loss of medical freedom, loss of freedom of speech, loss of true science, loss of true, true journalism, and an imposing a dictatorship by organizations that nobody voted for, led by people nobody wanted, and yet they simply seize ownership of our world. They are a big, fat, mean bully on the playground that plays boss over everyone. Oh, and there's a couple more quotes here. Bill Gates already calls this pandemic one. He's talking about two and three. So this investigator predicted it back in uh, this pandemic to occur in 2020, followed by the riots, said the plan is to create a series of pandemics during 2020 to 2030. This decade is the selected time frame to turn the world into one big banana republic run by mad power-hungry men who depopulate the earth and enslave the rest of humanity. They are planning to cause as many pandemics as needed in order to break the back of humanity until everybody submits to their global control. Are you beginning to understand why more than 500 medical doctors from Germany, 600 from Spain, thousands of medical experts from the U.S. and all over the world are calling this pandemic a global crime? So that's it. I mean, you know, that's that's a good summary. And I feel like that's I can I can agree with that. I mean, after you see all the others, all, after you, you hear what's coming out of their mouths and all this, this is kind of what's happening. I mean, you know, that I didn't even get into the depopulation aspect. There's some darker, deeper parts to this, but I just kind of skimmed over it, read a few highlighted sections. 
people can go read it themselves they want to check out the rest? Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. I mean, it's just, it's it's a fantastic uh, summary. I've been sort of waiting for a summary like this, right, that goes through all these things. And if somebody was to really sit down and read all of this. Did you go to the Freedom Rally? I didn't go. You skipped? Yeah. Too cold for Freedom. Was it today? No, it wasn't yesterday. too cold. I just, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't want to. There were some creeps there last time. Some creeps there. No, no, no. I mean, the, the UN, I, I saw this video from Quebec too, where the UN, these troops were showing Infiltrated? up. And okay. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't want to be on camera right now about, about all this stuff. Like right now. America.ca slash support. If you can, when you can, if you get a little value from these shows that we like to put out to you weekly, sometimes a little more than that. We got all those extra shows in the black budget full of audio books and everything else. Uh, can I make a point? Sure. This is what makes me agree with you and Monica about Trump. Like he is obviously, he was at one of these meetings in Davos, the timing impeccably when the first thing arrived in the U S he was actually meeting about it. So somehow, and it's remained to be seen, but I don't really agree with the way, you know, he has the opportunity to push back against all this, I think, and he's not doing it yet. So that's what frustrates me about it. You know, is he, this is what makes me think when I flip flop back and forth, this is what makes me think he's in on it. Right. Cause he's just going along with this kind of going along with this whole thing, maybe fakely pushing back against a uh, big farmer a little bit here and there. And you know, but yeah. it seems like it's just all coordinated. This Pretty is much. the shutdown of the middle class. Basically yeah, it's like it just, you know, into the upper class somehow. Because the lower class doesn't seem like much fun. Well, that's the problem, right? You can't get there, though. I mean, you know. support. <laughs> <laughs> At least save us. <laughs> we'll save the rest of you. We promise. We'll get you out of here on the cruise ship. American cruise ship. America.ca slash support. Uh, help us claw our way through and maybe get a cruise ship. So we can all run away from this one day. And enjoy this chat with the fabulous Dr. Pamela Popper. do another corona show here we're going to dig deep into the covid and we've got dr pam popper with us of the wellness health forum and make americans free again she's got a great youtube channel i've been following you along like you do four videos every week and it's been something i've been like like forwarding to our in our chats and my friends and family so really appreciate all the work you're doing on this pam thanks for coming on and talking to us 
Well, thank you for having me. We have to have these conversations, let people know what's really going on. Exactly. And I mean, honestly, like you've been one of the go-to sources where you're going through the data, you're going through all the stuff. And I mean, we discuss here, we debate here whether we should talk about it so much because it feels like we're just going over and over and over again. But I do feel like it's important because there's so many things at stake right now. And it's important to have people like you that are really doing the frontline fighting on this. Like you're going through all the official data, you're laying it out for people, you're helping them, you've written a book on it. We want to talk about that. And I just really appreciate, you know, having your your analysis all the time with current events to give to friends and family. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, we, we do end up talking about the same things again and again. Like every week I do something on consequences and the stories are different, but the theme is the same. I mean, people are really suffering, right? And I do something with the data. Every week it's the same thing. The data is skewed and it's fake. And so and it's just more of it. But the reason I think it's so important is that it, right now, the people who understand what's going on, after a while, if you don't have some connection to other people who know what's going on, you start to think you're crazy. Exactly. Right? Yep. Because you walk outside and everybody, I, people are riding their bicycles around my neighborhood here with, with masks on. And um, and you go to the grocery store and everybody's all masked up and the whole nine yards. And so I think we need connection with each other just to know that we're not insane. We're not the crazy ones here, right? We're, we have the right idea about this. So I don't think you can talk about it too much, actually. That's good. No, it's good to hear. I mean, I... I was just thinking that today because I'm sort of in my head. I'm preparing for for the show, and I was listening to some of your later your latest uh, videos, and I do feel like I'm I'm going crazy because I see that the data is is so. I, I was just thinking, just today, I'm thinking if people only understood the real data, which I and I, and I'm thinking they must understand it because we see it everywhere. It's the official data, and you point it out all the time. It's from the NIH, the CDC. From the official sources, these are official death counts, they're official even cases, and these are overblown stats, but they're still official stats. I'm like, how come people don't understand that this is all overblown with the official stats? And then I started thinking, you know what? They don't really see the official stats that much. Right, right. They hear the stories. And and every time I have, I don't know if you have this on your phone, on, on my phone, I have this little news thing that pops up. And I can't pay attention to it during the day when I'm busy doing stuff. But if it were here right now and I was just working on emails and stuff, every 10 minutes it pops up and some famous person has COVID. Okay, so so let's take COVID out and it says so-and-so has the flu. Under normal circumstances, we would say, who cares, right? Now it's like, oh my God, this guy has the flu, whoever it is, right? And then 10 minutes later, it's another one, it's another one. And then you hear the news is portrayed as, we have so many cases. Well, where are the cases coming from? Well, they're knocking on doors in Ohio, asking people who happen to be home, you want to get a COVID test today. That's a whole lot different than people who are sick and coughing and sneezing and have high fevers and stagger into the emergency room for help. That's very different, right? So so the people who believe this nonsense, they, they're hearing, they're not hearing data like what we're hearing, like how many cases, how many deaths, where are the cases coming from, et cetera, et cetera. All they're hearing is so-and-so has the flu, 1,419 cases today, you know, and, and it's very frightening the way that it's presented. And for a while, I have to share this with you because I think it's real important. For a while, I was kind of angry with the people who didn't get it. Like, yeah, yeah. come on, people, think, right? We've all had those thoughts, right? How can you possibly continue to buy this story? And then I had this epiphany, and, and it's this. At the end of this thing, and there will be an end. 
and all the data will come out and everybody will know what happened, we're going to be fine because we knew from the beginning something was wrong, right? You know who's going to be having a lot of trouble? Yeah. People who bought the story who find out I was lied to, I was taken advantage of, I bought a false narrative, I screamed at people in the grocery store, I was an arrogant person, self-righteous. I lost friends over this, right? That's the cat I told you about. <laughs> yeah. I, I lost friends over this. And, and, and just think about how much psychological damage the revealing of this will be, yeah. you know, will cause with yeah. people. And so I, it let me have a little bit more compassion for the people who've been misled, because it's not that they're bad people. They've been misled. And and it was that they knew the people behind this knew that they could mislead people to get to this point. So I'm not so angry with the sheep anymore as I was at one point in time. And we're going to have to really help the, the, these people when this all comes out. Yeah, definitely. So do you think, uh, who do you think's, who do you think's the main bad actor sort of driving the, the go right to the conspiracy, the whole there, thing, because just... I mean, it seems today like everything I've seen today, because I'd actually poked around on Twitter a little bit because I knew we'd be talking about some COVID and stuff like that. I try to ignore it, but um, it seems like Trump's getting ready to buy everybody remdesivir. I mean, it seems like completely the opposite of hydrochloroquine or whatever we were talking about a couple of months ago, but I'm just wondering, it seems like a global push to, is it just to sell a bunch of drugs or is it to, to roll in this, you know, new world clamp down lifestyle. I think it's, I think there are a lot of people with a lot of different agendas who are working together for their own interests. And I'll tell you what I think happened. Um, I think that this started in China there. I mean, we know it did, but I think it was deliberate. I think the Chinese deliberately misrepresented what was going on in some interesting ways. And, um, um, and then what happened, and, and they had reasons for doing this. You have heard before this saying, never let a good crisis go to waste, yeah, right? Yeah. So when this started, some other people who had other things in mind, agendas different than the Chinese, said, well, this is interesting. I think we could make this into an event that would help us with our agenda. And then another group and another group. And so all of a sudden you end up, it's a political issue. It's a vaccinate everybody issue. It's a control people through healthcare issue. It's a China wants to deflect attention away from its bad acts issue. And so um, I don't know that these people necessarily all care a lot about each other as much as they see the single happening as a way for them to get their way about something that's really important to them. And that's what makes it difficult to fight because if it was... Um, and overcome. If it was just one person or one entity, um, it would be easier. But you have lots of powerful people and groups that want to see this go on into perpetuity until humans are just ruined. And um, we're not going to let that happen, obviously, but that's what they'd like. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's when you get into the funding of things too. The you know the problem reaction solution was funded. The 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 bunk models were funded by the same people that are funding some of the vaccines and funding some of the other other things and the the apps that are on you know that people have to use to track the stuff. I mean, you know, there's there's dirty fingerprints all over it. But but I do I am happy to hear. I w- I was just <clears throat> listening to um, about a crimes against humanity thing. I think there's a lot of people doctors 
in Europe as well that are that are kind of waking up or or that are not I don't even want to say waking up but they're just pushing back they're starting to push back right. they're starting to create lawsuits which you've helped do uh, in your local area as well and you're helping people from all over America and pro- maybe other places I don't know but share this information to help um, yeah. le- legally so I mean I do feel like there's a lot of people starting to push back now especially in Germany and Europe so that's good yeah. I agree. I think that um, uh, one one thing that for a while, it seemed very deceptive for a while. It seemed like if you looked around, there were most people were buying into it, but they're not. Right. And one of the ways that you can tell, like I live in Franklin County in central Ohio. And if you drive 25 miles outside in any direction of Franklin County, you wouldn't even know this is going on. Right. People are congregating. I went to a group, a group thing a couple of weeks ago with 300 people. No masks, everybody close together, you know, and there are 300 people in the building next to us, too. You know, so so I think that there are a lot of people who disagree with this, for one thing, and that's starting to help people. These people are all finding each other and working together. Um, We've learned a lot. Most of the lawsuits have failed, by the way. And uh, one of the reasons why um, I didn't file something early uh, and I'm only one of the people that's involved in this Ohio lawsuit. We can talk about it because it's significant. But uh, one of the reasons why I didn't even work on trying to find somebody to file anything early on is because I saw the lawsuits failing and I thought we need to learn from the failures before we just jump in and do something. And there's a tendency when people are angry and upset and all this kind of stuff to be busy, but not effective. And I'm a little bit different animal because I've had a lot of experience with this kind of stuff. And I sometimes it seems like I'm not doing anything, but what I'm doing is I'm getting ready to do a thing that makes a big difference, yeah. <laughs> which is better than 34 things yeah. that you know, lots of activity, but nobody's gotten anything done, right? So, so that's um, so that's what we did with the lawsuit. But um, the the big difference between the lawsuit that we filed and the others, and ours dovetails with that German doctor giving that talk about crimes against humanity. Yeah, yeah. We're we're going to end up working with him and and all of the people he's talking about because of this. So here's what had been going on with the failed lawsuits. People were going into court and they were accurately stating my constitutional rights have been violated. You had no right to shut down my restaurant. You had no right to tell me I have to close at uh, 10 o'clock. You have no right to close my church or tell me I can only have 50 people in church. From a legal standpoint, they're correct. But in comes the other side, the government, uh, health authorities, whoever it is that you're dealing with. And they say, well, but we have an emergency. We have an emergency. And under the emergency powers thing, we can do whatever we want. And then the judges would say, well, okay, that you're right. So we filed a different action. And um, and I thought about this for a long time. And then coincidentally, a lawyer and a group of people in Ohio had already kind of started down this same path. And we found it really beneficial to join forces, these people finding people like we were talking about, right? And our claim is that there is no emergency. This is right. a hoax. Yeah, yeah. There's no pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Now, and therefore... Everything you did is unwarranted. And furthermore, some of it constitutes fraud. Now, they can't come in and say it's an emergency because right. that's not the answer to there's no emergency. <laughs> you have to actually now prove that there is one. And we don't think that they can. And you're using, and, their, own um, da- and and you're using their own data, I'm assuming, like the official data. Right. Yeah. Right. Hang on. I'm going to grab yeah. him so he doesn't sure. keep me out. Wow. Just a minute. Oh, come here. Come here. You cannot reach me I think the cat speaks English. So if you want to see the noisy boy, this is the problem doing. Oh, look at that. Is he like a part Mancoon or? He's a Mancoon. 
He says, I'm a spoiled cat, and, I, and my mother comes running for me anytime I scream and holler, and at this age, I meow very loudly. He's 16. My man so, Coon used to talk. Can you be quiet for a little yeah. bit while mommy talks? Can you do that? I think you can. Beautiful. All right. So, so anyway, yes, we're using their data. And, um, and, and their data, it, particularly when it's in context, and what I mean by in context is that um, you hear about um, X number of deaths, and we have questions about that because the death certificates have been yeah. manipulated. We know that dying with COVID versus of it, this yeah. is the first time this has ever been done. But, but even with the exaggerated numbers, if you compare it to previous flu seasons, you see there's no reason for panic, mm -hmm. right? So, so the bottom line is that I think that they're going to have trouble uh, defending themselves. And um, that doesn't mean that this is going to be all smooth sailing. Nothing ever is. But uh, we think that we can get a little bit down the path and start to help some other groups who have been contacting us saying that they want to file. And I've heard from so many people all over the world who said, you know, if, if America does something significant to change this, it will happen in other countries, too. So, and, and the set by the same thing, it could happen in Germany. I mean, if Germany were the first to file a lawsuit like this, it would, you know, so whoever's first and gets something done that's consequential, it's going to benefit every other country on the planet because we're all connected to each other and we're all having these conversations every day, right? Right. Good. So do you want to talk about a bit how you're helping people legally or how people can maybe come to you for if, if they're, they know people that are trying to do this in other areas? Because I know you've mentioned sharing some of that information, all the yeah. typical information that can be shared, um, and then you can change the specific information. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, I started this organization called Make Americans Free Again. And you can go to makeamericansfreeagain.com and sign up to be a member. It costs nothing, all right? And we have uh, a long-term goal and a short-term goal, all right? Well, long-term goals and short-term goals. I should put it in the plural. Um, the short-term goal is to deal with the crises right now. And the first crisis that we took on was the fact that the schools had become places where it's psychologically unsafe for children to be. I mean, all this masking and shielding and, you know, the only way you're going to, uh, our attorney said this the other day, and I thought it was just really spot on. The only way you're going to scare a six-year-old into staying away from other six-year-olds is to say something really scary, okay? Oh my gosh, you could get the flu and it kills you and your family. Well, this is no way to treat six-year-olds, right? So- so we built the largest homeschool resource center, I think, that exists, and we've helped tens of thousands of families get their children out of traditional education and into homeschooling. Fantastic. And, yeah. um, and even uh, people in other countries can use this. We have private coaches that can help if you have special needs kids and all that. So that was the first thing we took on. And it's ongoing because we originally thought that by like school time, we would be done. But what happened is a lot of parents sent their kids to school. And those kids were really damaged. I mean, coming home crying and they're getting rashes and they can't breathe and all that. So, so we're still very busy in that area of our work. The second thing is lawsuits to set our people free. And then the long-term goals, we can come back to these things. The long-term goals are to work against existing vaccine mandates and to keep new vaccine mandates from being passed. Um, because there's no question that part of the end game here is vaccination, 100% vaccination. And Bill Gates, this is not a conspiracy theory. He gets on TV every day wildly waving his arms, talking about the world can't go back to normal until 7 billion people get a COVID vaccine. And I'm just so glad he's in charge of the world now, aren't you? He's going <laughs> to give us permission when we can. I mean, this is just the craziest thing in the world. 
So we're we're working on that, how we're going to get ourselves out from under the existing mandates and avoid new ones. And then we also think that rebuilding the world is going to be a lot like rebuilding the world after World War II. And we're going to have to help small business. We're going to have to help underprivileged children who have essentially become illiterate during this time period. So, it, it, I mean... Already, the collateral damage from this is more deaths than than the Nazis killed. The Nazis killed 11 million people uh, directly, not military, but but directly killed 11 million people. There are more than 11 million deaths worldwide, not from COVID, but from starvation, from suicide, overdose, um, uh, people in, unable to get medical care, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to be cleaning this up till they put me in the ground in 40 years, you know. Yeah. So that's what we're all about. MakeAmericansFreeAgain.com. And you asked me a question about helping other groups. Um, what what it takes to do this, you have to have a pretty strong organization and you have to raise money. This is not inexpensive to have the right attorney because the, the attorney has no time to work on anything but this. So you're going to have to essentially yeah. find a high-powered person who you take on as a dependent, really, uh, as a group. Yeah. And so this requires organization and fundraising. So what we're asking people to do, we're going to we're going to need a little bit more time to get together an organizational structure that we can pass on, duplicate what we've done here. And we have we can set people up to fundraise. And then what we think should be done, of course, you know, it's not up to us. It's up to every group. But I think there's some merit in watching what happens in our case for just a little while. Because um, we're going to learn a lot as this starts to unfold in the beginning, and we can probably save people a lot of money by not having them repeat. Like if there's something that we haven't anticipated, you might be able to fix that in your initial filing, right, that would keep you from having to deal with it. And a day in court, I mean, that's $10,000, right? So so anyway, that's in a perfect world. That's what we'd like to do. But we, I do want to be helpful. I would love to see this filed in 36 affected states myself. That's what my goal would be. When is that going to happen? When is that uh, you mentioned wait a little longer? How, how long do you think? Well, first of all, we have to. One thing is that um, there are only so many hours in the day and I'm willing to not sleep for much, but I still have to. I mean, it's just only so many hours in the day. And, and so to be organized about it, in other words, going back to this idea of being busy, like right now I could schedule a conference call with all the people who want to know about it, and that would be fun, and everybody would be very inspired. Would we get anything done right now? No. It would be like maybe I'd be better off spending time getting it all organized to turn over to you, right? Yeah. So um, give us another couple of weeks like to put our organizational structure because to duplicate what we're doing it isn't like just go to our website and look at that and go do that there's there's more to it than that so i want to be able to present an infrastructure where we can say look if you set it up this way if you do this if you need this many people you need this much money um in the process of going out and building your group this is the kind of attorney you're looking for um because a lot of people have had well-meaning attorneys who really weren't the right ones for this type of case. This is a very unusual case. And so an administrative law guy, for example, might know a lot about the procedural part of this, but not be able to be a trial lawyer. And you need somebody who's willing to, or not have the capability of being a trial lawyer. You also need somebody who is willing to invest a lot of time in knowing the science, because this is a case that's all about science. In other words, our attorney knows about epidemiology and virology and PCR sequencing and what's making the tap, you know, all this stuff. You have to know this because if you don't know this, this is the case. 
All right. While they're arguing numbers on this side, you have to be able to argue against them on the other side. So so it's not just, um, you know, let's have a conference call. I'll show you what to do. Good luck and keep us informed. We'd like to be we can be more helpful if we have a little bit of time to get organized. And it's breathtaking. I know it seems like things take forever, but it's breathtaking speed when you think about it. This happened in March. Yeah. We didn't really know what was going on until April. And we didn't figure out that they were never going to let us go until like the end of May. Yeah. And by August 31st, we'd filed a landmark case in, in, the, in the court. We didn't launch Make Americans Free Again until July 7th. That was the launch date. And we're what, 120 days, and we've already done all this with the homeschooling. So, so we're, we're going 4th? as fast as we can. <laughs> I guess that's what I want to say. We're going as fast as we can. We're shooting for July 4th. What's that? July 4th would have been a good, would have been a good It day. would have been, but um, I think didn't July 4th come on a Saturday and it's not a day I put out a video. Oh, I'm, and we I'm were, not sure. And we were afraid that it would get missed. Yeah. So, you you yeah. mentioned 36 affected states, which, uh, what, what separates them from the other 14? Is it 50 now or 50? Well, we have 50 states, but a Puerto good example Rico would be Florida. Yeah, you know, the governor in Florida set everybody free. He yeah. said, we're done oh, with this he? nonsense. Oh, so some of the states are free. We just don't hear about those ones. Yeah, South, South and, and by the way... Too. South Dakota didn't even lock down, right? Right, right. South Dakota is relatively unaffected. So there are places that um, never bought into this and there's really no crisis. And of course, that's what... Um, I want to just say this. The people behind this, you know, it's it's easy to think, oh my gosh, look what they're doing to us. And they are terrible people, by the way. But... But um, they're not opening any champagne tonight because this actually isn't going so well for them. Right. Um, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why that is, because the original plan was all countries were going to shut down. Well, when Sweden and Iceland and Japan and Tanzania, some of these places wouldn't play ball, boy, are their data inconvenient. And then the whole country was supposed to be shut down and that didn't happen. And so South Dakota is a pain in the side <laughs> when you're trying to promote a fake pandemic because it just never happened there. And Ron DeSantis in Florida opened the state. He was the first person who said on national television that something was wrong with the testing because wow. his was the state where 18 labs reported 100 yeah. percent positive results in one day, which is statistically impossible. Yeah. And, you know, so, and and like you say, you never hear the other side of that, right? You hear all that right. fear in the media, but then you never really hear the uh, the retraction very loud. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So so um, that's a problem for them. Um, vaccine hesitancy is increasing, not decreasing. I don't know if you know. There's a study at Yale where they're they're testing messages to see how they can make people want to get a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's not going so well. And then if you're into vaccines, when you made the schools a god awful place to go, the vaccine uptake rate for kids is down to less than fifty percent because people aren't sending their kids to school. And then, of course, if public education dumbing down the population is part of your agenda, making people not sign up for public education, well, that's not working out too well. So um, I'll tell you, I can think of a whole lot of ways to pull this off and do a better job if I was interested in ruling the world. These people have uh, big flaws. I, I don't know that they did. A, they did a lot of scenario planning, but not very good scenario planning, actually, as it turned out. And they never anticipated that that people would get upset like we all are as quickly as we did. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's like, do you, so you're more of the mind that it's just a bunch of like different factions of humans being humans and, you know, not being able to resist the chance to just 
run with the ball or sneak some money by or grab some more power or, you know, fill in the blank. I mean, some of the contracts that must be getting signed right now have got to be insane. Yeah. I mean, Bill Gates, it doesn't even have to be vaccines. I mean, he's screaming about vaccines while he's selling school software and everything else at the back end. Right. And, And you bring up an interesting point, too. Um, why are the states doing this? Well, as long as there's a state of emergency here in Ohio, our emperor, because I don't call him the governor. Have you noticed how that caught on? I was the first person to call these people emperors and empresses. Now everybody does it, right? That's like I was a trendsetter. So the emperor of Ohio, he gets, as long as there are so many tests, he gets paid for that. Um, He gets paid for every hospitalization. Get this. So let's say you're going in for a knee replacement today. And you you go for your post, you know, your pre-visit, get you all cleared for this. They give you a test. All right. Then you get you end up in the hospital for your knee replacement. They test you every day. All right. And if they can find you to be a COVID patient while you're in there, they report you as a hospitalized COVID patient. The state gets $180,000. Yeah. Yeah. Each state's and a little then, bit different, right? Uh-huh. The yeah, money, yeah. The yeah. reimbursement yeah. rate's different yeah. depending on population and all that. And then on top of that, they're all setting up these isolation camps because they get paid per person on that too. So they use the the fake tests and the knocking on doors to gin up the cases, which keeps the emergency going, which gives you the reimbursement for the hospitalizations and for the um, isolation camps and all that kind of stuff. So this is, they bankrupted their states and now they're getting the money back by, um, by doing, you know, keeping the deal going. So um, perverse incentives, you know, the, the medical system has always been filled with perverse incentives and this is just the grand slam home run of them all. Yeah. yeah. So what about the mass? What about how come they won't just give up on these fucking masks? I mean, I've, this seems to be getting worse. I think yeah, I'm I know, that's what I'm telling you. Like I've, I've been saying to Darren, like we're in a non-mask mandated little town. Someone asked me for an exemption card today. I was like, they don't exist. I don't know what you're asking me for. Can you, can you tell yeah. me where to get it? And Darren like, was just talking about having to make just, a fake He's like, like can exemption you just make card. something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I might start well, selling fake exemption cards. Yeah, well, I have a lot of people. You you don't even need that. Well, I live a in a state where Do you want to get I, I live in a state where the masks are <laughs> mandated, and um, and so I just carry the order with me because the order gives thirteen exemptions for mask wearing, and the first one is you have a health condition and you don't have to tell. And so I was stopped in a grocery store one day, and this guy was real nasty. I said, "Are you following the state's orders?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "Well, I have the state's order here. I want you to read it." And I had highlighted the section. I said, I have a medical exemption and I don't have to tell you. Now get out of my way. And I and then I called his boss and I said, I, I have a question for you. I said, are you following the state's uh, orders? And she said, oh, yes, this is the manager of the store. I said, well, let me tell you what happened. So if you're not following the state's orders, then I'm going to sue you for violations of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And I know a lot about this act. And let me tell you why. And this this really kind of gets to them when I tell them this. So I have a big center in Columbus where my office is, and we have a hot yoga studio in the center. And uh, it cost me a lot of money to build this thing. And I had to configure it for wheelchair access to the hot yoga studio. And all the showers and the bathrooms, everything had to have wheelchair access. Now, you probably have guessed that not a lot of people in wheelchairs come to hot yoga. But I had to spend a lot of money to make sure that if they show up, we can let them in. Yeah. And it is not permissible, the city of Worthington told me, to tell people with wheelchairs, yoga can be had down the hall in another place. I want to do the yoga in this room. So when they say things, for example, like, well, you can get your groceries at the curb. I don't want my groceries at the curb. It says I have equal access to the grocery store. 
you can't tell the person in the wheelchair, we have no way of getting you into right. the grocery store. Right. You have to have the access. And so if you just learn how to stand up for yourself, you can put a lot of this to, to bed. And the woman went out of her, I told her about my yoga story. And then she went out of her way to tell me, oh, no, 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 we're following the, I make sure that never happens again. I'm so sorry. I said, I figured you probably would want to know, you know? Yeah, most of the, the stores are pretty are good here. Yeah. They're pretty good here. Like my friend's got a, a little Facebook page on black and white uh, the stores. So the people put in like whether the, how the stores are re reacting to this or not. And most people will know, like, don't bother the people without masks. They just leave mm -hmm. you alone. They know yeah. that it, they know that they're, you know, they're, they're it's coming up line. on a couple job sites. But I'm just like, I'm just like, hey, man, I don't want to fight about it. There's just, but, it's not going to happen. But what annoys me is, uh, is the, the fact that the, People know now that the mask isn't protecting themselves. It's a it's a virtue signal that I'm stopping my spittle from affecting other people. That's the only reason why people are wearing masks, really. Mm -hmm. So then why aren't we we're just wearing like a clear little mouth guard? I think that's an option. Oh my God. You know? well, and, and it's the most dangerous thing you can do. What's yeah, that? It's the most dangerous thing you can do. I mean, if they if they're trying, if they're sitting there trying to think of things to make people sick, this would be a great one. Yeah, that's what it you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because the in addition to the oxygen thing, which is just like duh, right? You you have another problem, right? So I'm in the healthcare field, and every year during flu season, what do healthcare professionals say? Keep your hands away from your face. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good idea to keep my hands away from my face all the time anyway, because what am I touching? I mean, you know, when I'm at the office, I'm touching folders that other people have touched and picking up phones that people touch all day. And I pick up a pen off the desk and 13 people sign something with it and put it down on my desk when they were in my room and all that. So you don't want to put your hands near your face. So here's what happens. And I won't let my people wear masks for this reason. So I put the mask on in the morning and I go to the office and I got to pull it down to talk on the phone because nobody can understand you. I got to pull it down every time I get a drink of water because I can't drink through the thing. Pull it down every time I eat. And then so, so what happens is by noon, I have pulled this thing down and I've touched all this dirty stuff in between. And if I wasn't sick to begin with, I could make myself sick with this thing. So I feel that my unmasked face is in danger by the mask wearers because of the bacteria. It has nothing to do with the virus. It's these filthy masks that aren't being worn properly, used again and again, and touched all day long. I want those people to stay the heck away yeah. from me. They're dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Can we get into the the, uh, the the data a little bit? The data because I after after reading this uh, this paper from a guy who used to work for Merck, I think it was, or one of these Pfizer. Pfizer, yes, you probably yeah. read it because it was from that Crimes Against Humanity thing, and he was talking about the false positives in the PCR testing, and he yeah. really made some good points about. I think they were good, but I'm trying to wrap my head around this because I think a lot of people get mixed up on the percentages. You know. What's a percent compared to what's a 0.01 percent? And is yeah. it, you know, is that actually less than a percent or is 0.01 a percent? And, right. and he kind of made the, the point that even though the, the false positives might be a small percentage, there's so like if you do 40,000 tests, you're going to have however X amount of, of, yeah. of positives. You're always going to have that X amount of positives. And then people just focus on that. And they're not focusing yeah. on the percentages. Yeah, but there, it's a bigger problem. So Carrie Mullis won the Nobel Prize for developing that test. Yeah. And it's supposed to be used in a lab. Um, my co-author for my book was a, was a biology major who worked in a virology lab, and they did PCR sequencing. It's a great lab tool. It's not a diagnostic test. Right. So the false positives, false negatives, I mean, the, the error rate's probably someplace over 90%. You're not getting any data from it at all, okay? But 
Um, but, um, but this whole business of ginning up cases, what you're really looking for is people with symptoms. That's a case, a case of the flu, all right? And then you have varying um, levels of sickness. In other words, um, I probably in my state of health might've been exposed to this, never had it, no symptoms, cleared it. So I might test positive because I was exposed to it, but I never got sick. So you can't consider me a case. Okay. Right. I've missed a day of work in five years. Right. right. Um, so the definition of a case has been skewed and then get this. Let's say that through all this business of contact tracing and crap like that, let's say we all three have dinner tonight and you guys test positive and you give the contact tracers my name without yeah, getting tested on the case. The pool testing. Okay? They yeah. can torture me. I'm a te- I, okay, now I, I have, I have dinner sing. with somebody else tomorrow and, and that person's a case. Um, another thing is I come from a purple area. They all have these color code things like being in kindergarten again. And I go to your province or wherever it is that we meet because I came from a high impact area everybody that comes in contact with me is now a case. So they've, they've broadened the definition of case. That's how you're ginning up all these cases. To yeah. Make it the, sound pool, so the, pool, the pool testing, right? Yeah. 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 So the, the bottom line is that this all started the beginning of the, of the crazy data started when people like Fauci, who God knows why he even has a job, decided to listen to a guy by the name of Neil Ferguson in, yeah. in London, who had who never funded been accurate. By Gates. Funded by oh, Gates. He, he never had an accurate prediction in his life. Yeah. And every prediction he made was worse and worse and worse. Like the distance between what he said and what it ended up being. I think he said 200 million people were going to die of swine flu and it was 507. Or well, that's why they keep giving them the predictions to do because they're so crazy that they're like, oh, this guy will say anything we want. Yeah. We've yeah. Just give yeah. him some so, funding on the back end. and Yeah. So that's that, you know, you made the point about the difference between 1.0 and 0.1. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's where that came from. This guy said, and, and had he been accurate, we really would have had a problem. Yeah. We're going to have, you know, what? Two million Americans die. 70 million people die. That's a lot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but he was off by thousands and thousands and thousands of percent. And and I think that the question, the $64,000 question for Fauci is, are you incompetent or are you a criminal? All right. That's the question I want to ask him. Because listening to Neil Ferguson would make you an incredibly incompetent virologist unless you did this on purpose, and that would make you a criminal. Yeah, exactly. So so which is it? Are you a criminal or are you incompetent? Because no sane, intelligent person who was worried about public health would have listened to this guy. And if that person made the mistake of listening to them, would have corrected course as soon as you realized that the mistake had been made and that didn't happen. Yeah. And that's why I think they use the PCR test because it goes back to Fauci and AIDS way back in the 90s. I mean, he was familiar with this test way back then. So, But I've been arguing with some friends and one of them's sort of a a scientist and he reads all these papers and we're going back and forth about he still thinks he's sort of arguing from – almost a mainstream narrative in order to get us to think differently, which is, which is good, but he still thinks the PCR test is good for, for diagnosing it and, and catching trends and stuff like that. And I've been sort of arguing about the false positives and the false negatives. And I would say that, you know, the, the making policies against it or, or, or blowing it up and, you know, with fear in the media is bad enough, but is it still okay for a, the, just a simple diagnostic Tool, not even, no, it's useless. Not even, yeah. It's useless. I mean, uh, there are lawsuits right. in every state um, <laughs> against companies for false positives, false negatives. And, and what, what usually triggers the discontinuation of a company doing business offering this test 
is like what happened in Florida. You have 18 labs that are, all of them test positive in one day. It's statistically impossible. What's going on? Yeah. You find out there's a lot of fraud. You get rid of that company, but that company still does business in 14 other places. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the so it has absolutely no usefulness whatsoever. The what you look at for trends. Your, your friend brings up a point that's that's worth talking about. So, if you're interested in trends, what you're looking for is hospitalizations, and you're looking for people with symptoms who show up for treatment in a doctor's office. You're looking for deaths, and and the deaths should be with not with COVID, but from, but but from, of from COVID. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. from COVID. I get hit by a bus and I have COVID, the reason for death is not COVID, no. it's trauma to my head, right? Um, so, so they're not doing anything to actually find out anything. I mean, part of the goal of public health is to develop databases that guide future decision-making, and they failed on that count. And this is just all about ginning up fear. The other thing that I'll tell you, and this is what I say to people who tell me that there really is something wrong, okay? Okay, so um, all over the world, uh, governments built these temporary hospitals. Right. We took every convention center in Ohio. We turned it into a temporary hospital. Collectively, the United States of America spent almost a billion dollars doing this. And then they tore it all down. So if this is still an emergency, why did we tear down the temporary hospital? Right, right. Okay. Yeah. How could that possibly be? I mean, if you really, if what, what are you going to do when the second wave comes without all the temporary hot? You never filled these places. Not a single person, by the way, was ever put into one of these places in Ohio where I live. They all sat there empty and then they tore it down. So tell me how you can claim that it's an emergency when the emergency excess facilities you built yeah. at the great cost to the taxpayers no longer exist. And hospitals are going out of business and they're having troubles keeping full. I mean, there's all kinds of those other peripheral things as well. So what about the vir virality of or the virality of the of the thing, like I heard at the beginning that it's going to lose its power by the summer, that kind of stuff, and the heat. I mean, there was all these things about it not being as uh, transmissible, all these things. Does that... Well, isn't that what happened? Our emperor no, that's, can't yeah, find enough cases right, to keep right. the emergency yeah. going. Yeah. I mean, I have a copy of the letter at yeah. my office, and it says, Dear so-and-so, we're going to be in your neighborhood on Thursday, <laughs> and we're going to knock on doors, and if you want to get a COVID test, it's free. So they're finding somebody like me who's home. I'm not going to yeah. have it, obviously, but... Here I am at home. Nothing's wrong with me. I don't know any better. And they go, you can have a free COVID test. Sure. What the heck? Right. And then they they test me and find me positive because it's a fake test. And then that's how he's ginning up the, the numbers. So yeah. so th this has been over for a long time. And some very brilliant people like Mike Levitt at Stanford and you know Atlas, Dr. Atlas, who's in the White House now, used to be at Stanford, Johnny Anitas. Some of them have done some charts where they've shown like the um, the death rate's gone down, 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 down. It's just flattened out, okay? And in the meantime, cases going up, 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 up. So what they should be reporting is the death rate keeps getting lower and lower and lower and lower. And instead, they shift the narrative all the time, okay? More cases, more cases, more cases, more cases. My God, if you go outside, you're going to become a case. Oh, my God. Who cares? I mean, you know, it's, it's just all fear-mongering directed at stupid people who don't understand what they're listening to. Yeah, you know? and then, so they and they could also be talking about some of the the cures or the preventative stuff like vitamin D levels and maybe how 30 or 40% of us are already have the T cell immunity from stuff that mm -hmm. we've already got from the past. I mean, they could really be focusing on a lot of that to ease people's fears. Yeah, anything to say here, about that? Here's the most inconvenient fact of all, all right? Our president is overweight and 74 years old and he gets covid, tests positive. Supposedly with symptoms. 
So he goes to Walter Reed Hospital. He gets checked into Walter Reed. He did more campaign events from the hospital than his opponent did during his stay at the hospital. He worked the whole time he was there, checked himself out after a, a very short period of time, and uh, four days, and went back to the White House and has been at work. So he's the vulnerable population. Yeah. And, and it was a non-event. And he said when he was driving back to the White House, don't let this scare you. Okay, that's what he said. So anyway, um, it's uh, it, it's basically, um, it, you know, it, this is a, has been a non-event from the beginning that has been manufactured to scare people, and they've done a darn good job of it. Um, but I think that they did not plan this as well as they might have. Can you can you <laughs> get? Can you get? I, I agree with you totally. I mean, it's not, and it's not, it's not deadly enough either to do what they want to do. But, but I mean, it's it's working. There's masks. More people wearing masks around here, and it's not even mandated. I mean, people are are scared. It makes me want to cry sometimes. Get but you. This is bullshit. Mask at America. We have one. Yeah, swag. this is bullshit. And that, whenever I do have to put one on, I put that on. You never have to put one on. I Graham. know, but I was at the dentist. I have not worn one yet, and I'm not going to. That's me great. either. Uh, no yeah. exceptions. That's my motto now. No exceptions. Yeah. And I could just see the defeat in their eyes because they're sitting there and they're trying to argue, give me well, all the reasons why. Just this me, one time. And I'm just like, no exceptions. <laughs> and they're just well, like, To me, no. it's a sign of submission. And and from where I come from, I'm not ever going to do it. I mean, yeah. it's just my, my grandparents yeah. came over here to escape this kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to submit. It, that's exactly what it is, is submission. And people don't realize they're being played. Yeah, I totally get it. It's just the, it's the small companies that are put in the difficult situation uh, that it's frustrating, you know. That well, they'll get sued eventually because we're going to do that too. And I think they should be the ones pushing back. I mean, it's the companies that really need to start pushing back to the government because the people can't really seem somebody. to do it. They're not doing it. Well, we've got another freedom rally this weekend. I'm going to go fight for your freedom, freedom Darren. I'm going to get. I want to get kicked out of some place, and then I'm going to sue somebody so what about just tips for people to stay healthy build their immune system a little bit vitamin d levels vitamin c zinc well eat well drink water don't touch your face (laughs) and live your life i mean fear itself destroys health fear and stress so the so go live your life don't i mean when I say that, it's almost impossible to live a normal life because yeah, yeah. You know, we're not doing these things. But but what I'm talking about is, you know, don't let this rule your life. I haven't watched the news. I watch snippets of news on, vi- you know, on, on video clips or on uh, YouTube just so I can see what's going on. But yeah, yeah. turn off the television set, start doing something constructive, get outside, get fresh air, exercise, take care of yourself. I mean, none of the stuff that you're doing, hiding in the basement and wearing a mask is going to make any difference in your health at all. If anything, it's going to make you worse, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. But well, there's nothing to worry about. And people will say, well, well, what should I do? You know, well, what did you do last flu season? Seriously, in January of 2019, it was flu season. Actually, worse flu season than it is right now was, was through this thing. What were you doing last January? Did you not visit your grandmother in the nursing home? No, you went there. Did your grandmother say... Don't come, I might get the flu. No, she said, please come. I don't want to be lonely, right? Did you pull your kids out of school because kids are contagious? No. Did you close your business? Did you sit six feet away from everybody? Did you wear a mask? You didn't do that last winter. Don't do that now. This is ridiculous. But what if people want to fight back? How do they do it? I mean, honestly, it feels helpless. I mean, we have our own little podcast here, and and I still feel helpless. But what about the people that they're just... 
they don't you know how to, to fight back. You have to do what we're doing. You need to make Americans, you need to make Canadians free again. And you got to start, we're, we're getting hundreds of thousands of people enrolling. You, you wow. got to build wow. a coalition. Yeah. And then, and then you've got to have to do what we're working on is getting these states working, all the groups in the states working together so that we start to speak with a unified voice legally, you know, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so you have to get organized and this takes time. You know, yeah. one, one of the things that I think everybody's learning is freedom is not free. You have to work for it. Yeah, It's been taken away from us because we took it for granted and to get it back, we're going to have to work. We're going to have to work. Yeah. I spend all of my time. I have a company to run and I spend every minute that I'm not doing that, doing this. Yeah. Because if we don't get this done, there's nothing here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that and that brings me to your book. Like, do you want to talk about your book a little bit? Because yeah. it's just like you said today you just ordered copies, right? I just ordered copies to have in the office. So the, the title of the book is COVID Operation. What <laughs> happened, why it happened, and what's next. Nice. Bad. And it is the story of this. It starts at the very beginning when it was planned. It goes through all the players and how they all know each other and work together and the testing and the cases and the social um, the ramifications of this and the government actually, it goes through the whole thing. It's like, um, I think it was eight, it came out to 85,000 words and 677 re references. And uh, I had a great co-author, by the way, his name is Shane Pryor. And um, just so you know, everything always works out great for me. I'm a lucky person. So um, his wife um, is a coworker of mine, and I didn't know Shane very well. And when I was looking for somebody, she said, well, my husband was a biology major and he worked in a virology lab and he knows about PCR testing. I thought, that's the guy, right? Wow. So I had, a, and, and he also transitioned into managing money, like hundreds of millions of dollars for clients. So he is very, this whole business of the political issue and the economic issues of this with China and everything else, he's very knowledgeable about that. So so uh, we were able to turn it around really quickly because I had a great co-author who did so much work on it too. So how do people, out, how do people you'll be get able that? to order it? Um, probably by next week, we'll be taking pre-orders and they'll okay. post it on Amazon. And all okay. That. Okay. So they can follow that through your, through your site and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then maybe just talk about your YouTube channel again, because honestly it's a good resource yeah. for people that want to see a regular what's going on and they can send it to their family and friends. Like, yeah. That. So I put out a newsletter on Monday. And, you know, YouTube censors, so I put the forbidden news in the newsletter. And um, so I call it the forbidden COVID chronicles in the newsletter. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I do video clips. And um, and I just cover the news. I talk about what's going on, the things that are consequential, um, data from other countries, data from states, um, you know, that sort of thing. There's always, like you said, there's always something to talk about, right? And um, and I, I, it's a lot of work to put out four videos. I put out two a week for like, a decade, but um, every time I think I'm going to pull back, somebody says, you're keeping me sane. Yeah, Please keep yeah. making videos. So I'm, I keep doing it. But if you want to subscribe, it's free uh, to my newsletter and video clips. Go uh, just send me an email at pampopper at msn.com. MakeAmericansFreeAgain.com is our freedom website. And our my company's name is Wellness Forum Health. And you can go to wellnessformhealth.com if you want to know more about what we do. Yeah, awesome. I'll put all the uh, links to that in the show notes. I'm going to take a look tonight to see if makecanadiansfreeagain.ca is available. <laughs> yeah. So I do have a question, just sort of a more of a personal question of like, what, what made you... Um, was there something that tweaked, uh, that when this whole thing happened, like, when did you actually realize like, okay, I have to be on top of this and stay on top of it constantly? Or was it just a, 
an evolution throughout the whole thing? Or when did you realize that this was kind of a farce? Because I went through a, a little bit of a fear period, like March, the beginning of March. Well, you um, would have been wearing a mask in March. No, no, no. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Because wear, they weren't wearing them. This is the they thing. Were they weren't out. wearing. They were no, sold they, out. Was, nobody yeah. was wearing masks back then. I mean, it's crazy. They started masks at the halfway through summer. I mean, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I did go through a period where I was like, oh, my God, if my girlfriend yeah, gets this. Yeah, you're working or my, from home. I was working, I, I worked from home for a week. Well, when the shutdown happened, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, take the advice. And then I wish I once the data started to sort of filter through, I'm like, okay, well, this isn't as bad as everybody thought it was. And then I started to follow it a little bit more and realize that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so I knew the first day. Really? And I, I posted my first video in early March. You can go back and watch it and see the date stamp on it. And here's how I knew. First of all, um, my company's business is informed medical decision-making. In other words, what we've been doing for years, 25 years, right, is teaching right. people yeah. how to look at evidence and making decisions about diet, supplements, um, screening tests, and drugs and procedures. So um, so I'm an evidence girl, and my job has been to prepare classes and articles and that sort of thing so people can make decisions about kidney stones and cancer treatment, everything in between. So oh, oh, in the process of writing articles and all that sort of thing for all these years, um, an interesting thing happened in 2009, which I'll tell you about. I'm going to okay. shut these doors so okay. that you can hear me. Guys, I'm going to shut you out here. He just will not leave me alone for the minute here. So, so anyway, in 2009, something really interesting happened, which was that um, the H1N1 flu. You might remember that. Yep. And we were told it was going to be unbelievable deaths and cases and all this. That was another Neil Ferguson debacle, by the way. And um, so this all started and the feds were saying everybody has to get vaccinated. And I remember people standing in line around the health department buildings to get vaccinated. And then a curious thing happened in like February. And that was when the Centers for Disease Control and World Health Organization both said, stop testing for H1N1. Assume that everybody who comes into the ER, urgent care, whatever, with sore throat, sniffles, whatever, has it, just report it. And I thought that's curious. And I wrote an article that said that what they were doing was trying to cover the fact that there was no pandemic because they wanted people to get vaccinated. So after the whole thing was settled, CBS News, this was back in the days when news reporters really were curious and would investigate things. So CBS News um, did a an investigative journalism thing. They had a bigger budget than me. So under the Freedom of Information Act, they got the data from all the states and they found out that there was no pandemic. They were testing everybody who came in from Mexico where it supposedly originated. And none of the people coming in from Mexico had it when they tested them. So this was a fake pandemic. And the World Health Organization got in a little bit of trouble. There was a big uh, tribunal in and um, uh, or hearing in um, in Europe, and they slapped Margaret Chan's hand. Of course, she still is considered a great hero of the health movement, even though she engaged in a criminal activity. And she made an interesting comment when she got caught, and she said, "Pandemics are a great opportunity to do social engineering, and we shouldn't let those opportunities pass." So they did it before. I knew that they could do it again. And this seemed like, I mean, we declared, the state of Ohio declared a state of emergency when three people had the flu here. And the feds started talking about emergency when less than a dozen people had the flu. In what universe would that make any sense at all? So I knew. And I posted that video, it's like the first week in March, and people became apoplectic. I mean, I was getting death threats and the whole nine years, none of that anymore. I mean, nobody's arguing with me anymore. 
they've just gone away because they don't have any data. And right, a lot right, of people came yeah. our direction, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, I remember hearing early on that, oh, this is the same as the flu or it's no worse than the flu. And the numbers were pretty low and it was only older people. But mm -hmm. I was also skeptical of that because I didn't know enough at that point. Like, well, I don't really want to believe that. So I was trying to wait for things to shake out. And yeah, of course it did. Well, you know I mean, what's really got, sad? You yeah. know what's really sad is that nobody trusts health authorities anymore. No. And and so you you thought something was wrong, but you didn't know. Wait, okay, I knew something was wrong. But but the bottom line is that these people have been misleading people for years. I mean, even even swine flu wasn't their first rodeo. I mean, look at look at mammograms, just for example. All right, we do eight point three billion dollars worth of mammograms every year in the United States, and mammography does not reduce your risk of dying of breast cancer. And the only way they made it look that way is by using mammograms to diagnose ductal carcinoma in situ and lobular carcinoma in situ, which aren't cancer. They're risk factors for cancer. So if you treat a million women a year who don't have cancer as if they're cancer patients, your survival rate is going to look great because the people never had cancer in the first place, right? So, so they've been lying. The medical authorities have been lying to the public for a long time about a lot of things, and they never got called on it in the right way. Like people should be in prison when they do this. If you and I did this in the mortgage business, misled people this way, we'd be in prison if you did it in financial planning, right? We let them get, we, the collective we, let them get away with this for decades. And sooner or later, something bad was going to happen. And this just ended up being it. Is that why Gates is in Africa and India with his vaccine uh, stuff? Like, would you put all those stories you hear about Gates and India kicking him out and all the, the injuries in Africa and India? Is that all pretty, pretty true as far as you're concerned? We looked at it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the what you what you have, if you look at the backgrounds of all the players, it, it's a it's a bunch of criminals who would would should have been locked up a long time ago. I mean, yeah. Burks and Redfield should have been court-martialed when they were in the army. They got caught lying. Brett Gates, <laughs> he's been thrown out of countries. I mean, countries that are poor and need money won't even let him come in with money now. Yeah. And uh, Fauci, this isn't his first go around either. I mean, there he he uh, has quite the reputation and quite the history, documented history of misbehavior. Yeah. And um, and people, the, we we should be more mindful about all of this. I think. Yeah, it's starting to come to light. I think it really is over the last four or six months. Less trust and more people waking up to the, like you said, vaccine hesitancy as well. We've been following the vaccine thing for a few years. So even Darren is like, oh, yeah, this is going to backfire. What's your stance on the current vaccine schedule? Um, what What's my stance on it? Yeah, you're with the informed health. Uh, from the yeah. informed health perspective, you must uh, be something you're looking at. Quite a bit. Oh, we have for years. We have a we have an entire course on it. Um, but the wow. the bottom line is that um, it, you know it. The here's the problem. You first of all, you have an incestuous relationship between the FDA and the vaccine makers and the drug makers. All right. So the drug makers in the United States pay the FDA a couple billion dollars a year to review their products. And this, I hope you're sitting down. You know the approval rate's ninety six percent. And so. Um, you know, that's wouldn't you like to see the four percent they turned down? <laughs> it must be really choice, right? So, so that's problem number one. You have a conflict of interest. Every single company that makes vaccines and sells them in the United States has been convicted of criminal wrongdoing. Yeah, bribing regulators, misleading um, uh, regulators, bribing doctors, scientific misrepresentation, et cetera, et cetera, scientific misconduct. 
Um, so, so let me just give you one example. Merck, which makes the HPV vaccine in the United States, Merck marketed a drug called um, Vioxx, which is a COX-2 inhibitor for pain. And when this all came out, it was proven that they knew that it caused heart attacks and death from heart disease um, and, and said, we're going to withhold this from the FDA so we can get it approved. So they heard her kill 100 and some thousand people, get caught, drug comes off the market, and um, they got a $4 billion fine. That's like one week of sales. That's like finding me $100. I mean, I'd like to have it back, but it's not going to hurt me very much, right? And then they let them turn around and, and continue to make products and sell vaccines that are targeted at children. Now, why are they even doing business in the United States? If I was in charge, they wouldn't even be allowed to do business here, let alone inject something into children. There are no, when it comes to the vaccines, there are no trials that have looked at inert placebo. In fact, Merck, um, all except for, I think it was one or two cohorts in the HPV trials, they put aluminum in the um, placebo because it's a known neurotoxin. So you end up with the same neurological effects in both groups and you can claim that the vaccine is harmless, right? Yeah. So a lot of misbehavior there. Uh, but but just think, I want you to think about this for a minute. We take babies when they're born in the United States, we give them a hepatitis B vaccine, which is a disease that is spread through drugs, needle sharing, and promiscuous sex, which has always been a problem for newborns, I realize, okay. <laughs> Really? What, what are we doing? Yeah. What is the possible rationale for this? And we have a couple million vaccine injured kids. I mean, we have a vaccine court that nobody knows about that's paid out almost $5 billion in claims right now. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this is, it's the same thing, by the way, that we're seeing with this. You've got a group of people who with zero justification are, are rabid about the importance of vaccines. And, and how you can catch them is to just give them a list of the adjuvants. People are starting to do this with their pediatrician. I'm going to show you the list of the adjuvants. Do you know what these things are? I would like an explanation because I don't know what that is. Can you tell me why they put formaldehyde in the vaccine? And, and, so, and people will say, I showed this to my pediatrician, said I want an explanation. These people are like, oh, my God, they don't have an explanation. Yeah. And so it's it's a it's just a, a horrible thing that we've done. There's no evidence that it's working. The outbreaks are in vaccinated children. And by the way, please explain to me how my unvaccinated kid is a threat to your vaccinated kid if the vaccines work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything to the to the uh, lockdowns and SIDS being lower because of the lack of uh, kids getting vaccines? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And and they're apoplectic about the fact that people aren't bringing their kids in for vaccines. One good thing, there are some good things that are come out going to come out of this, and this would be a good way to end is to talk about yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. So let me give everybody some hope. All right. So the first thing is we've been talking about education reform since I've been an adult. Have you guys seen any education reform? I haven't. Okay. Well, you take 50% of the kids out of the school, you got some education reform going on because the homeschooled kids have always done better than public education. And a lot of these parents, they're never sending their kids back, at least not until the schools change. All right, so there you go. We're gonna have much better parental control over education. Second thing, vaccine injured kids, the, the, the uptake is down to 50%. It was 87% before this started and they were apoplectic then. It's now under 50% in some counties. So we're they're seeing less vaccinations. People are going to the doctor less. 
And they're, and they're, this stuff is being written about. I love these apoplectic editorial letters to the editor in our newspaper. Okay, so we had to shut down for the COVID, but now we're all back. So you need to come in for your annual exam and you got to bring your kiddos in so we can get caught. They're cheerleading, you know, and, and they're trying to look like, you know, it's just kind of reminding everybody and the, and they get increasingly like, oh my God, you got, you know, okay. So, so this is all good stuff. And the medical system collapsing, I've been saying that's a good idea for 25 years. I'm getting my dream come true. The medical system, as we know, it is collapsing. Mayo Clinic laid off 30% of their people, okay? So we're going to rebuild something that people want, right? And it's going to be different than what it was before. Um, I think we've learned, I said this before, we've learned the price of freedom, which is ever diligent surveillance by citizens. And citizens are more engaged right now. I have seen more interest in political organization than I have seen in my whole adult life. This is good, whatever side of the aisle you're on in terms of parties, right? So that's going to be good. And um, and the, another thing that I'll mention, and I think this affects everybody. I mean, I'm talking about institutional things that make a difference, right? But here's something. I lost friends in this whole thing, and probably permanently. And so there was some sadness about that. And then I started thinking, do I really want to have friendships where the price of the friendship is we can't talk about anything substantive? So we're just going to kind of dance around and act like we're friends. As long as I don't say anything that makes you upset, we can be friends, right? Okay, so some of those people are gone and, and I don't care. And what's happened is, and we talk about this all the time, those of us that are involved in this whole movement, I never would have met all of these incredible people I'm working with any other way, except for this. So what's, and, and this is real friendship, people who are, they love their country. They understand freedom. They understand medical freedom. They re, they don't listen to the mainstream media. You can have a discussion about something and, and it's and actually like, yeah. oh my God, I didn't get off the phone and want to have alcohol to make myself sane. Yeah, I mean, I've, I talked to some people and it's like, I don't, I'm not a big drinker. I've been more tempted to drink during this thing, mainly out of frustration. Like you, you can't be serious, right? So anyway, uh, I think that good things are gonna come out of this. And we're gonna look back in 10 years and say, wow, that was painful. But also maybe that was the only way yeah. we could get to here and here is good. And that's what I'm looking forward to. And that's what I'm working for. Excellent. Well, yeah, that is a good way to end it on a positive note. There you have it. Yeah, we'll put all your links to stuff in the show notes. And thanks for your time, Pam. I really oh, appreciate you. all you're doing. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It was fun. And thank yeah. you for inviting me. You're welcome. And we'll talk about your book when it comes out, for sure. All right. Okay. Thanks. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. And that was a chat with the fabulous Pam Popper. How's it going, buddy? How'd you Dr. like it? Pam. Yeah, Dr. Pam. Yeah, that was Pam. good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, people are making fun of me in the chats about being scared as my first time. Aw. You're not supposed to read the chats. I know. I, I know. I shouldn't have. I've, I've been ruined now. No, that was great. Pam, she honestly, check her stuff out. She's been doing great work. I really, you know, it's one of those things at first I was like, oh, I wonder if she'd come on the show. And then when she found, when I found out the, it was the, the book was coming, I thought, hey, we can help plug her book because I think it's great and uh, we can have her on the show. And I get my little update videos in the morning from her, and I'm like, okay, this is it. I forward it to my mom, my sister, and you know. every day you're an everyday listener. No, 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 not yeah. every time, but sometimes, a lot of times, yeah.
that's good. It's good to have to know there's 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 people in our corner, doctors and medical people in our corner. But people are fighting for it, so we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? That was great. That was fun chat. Yeah, yeah. Good. Glad it worked good. out. Glad we got it done. Uh, we got to talk about all this fun COVID stuff. We can't get enough of it. This will be coming out soon too. We don't have a lot in the count, so we can have a COVID intro to go with it. Right now? No, oh. I've got some masks, mask emails, and some stuff. Are you people about bitching now. about my mask stance again? How come? How come there was no comment on the? Do you understand my uh, comment about the the mouth, the clear mouth guard? That's the thing already. People are wearing face shields, bro. Yeah, I'd rather just that. Like, if if you want to wear a clear mouth guard to stop the spittle, that's fine. Is it? At least you don't have to cover up your nose and your whole either. face. Like so the masks to... now are this big, you can't even see anything. People are covering half their face. I forget where I was the other day, and they're like, "No mask." I was like, "No." Uh, I think it was my buddy Hank, and he's like, "Well, do you want a face shield then?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good comeback. Look, hey, your, your asthma is not going to matter with a face shield. But at least you can block the spittle. The lunch truck guy comes by with a face shield. I'm not wearing any of that shield. stuff. It's a, it's a non-starter. I mean... I just have my this I, is bullshit I, for the anything, handful of times I've had to put it on. I, put, this I is, feel bad This now is that bullshit. I feel you know like what? more it, like I make other people uncomfortable now. I can just see the look on their face. They're just like, oh my God. Because <laughs> people, people see that this is bullshit and then you open up conversation with them. You're like, yeah, this is bullshit. I smile and then open yeah, up a conversation. No, I do too, because I'm still going around, like, Safeway, I mean... And they know I'm smiling. Uh, yeah. So, I digress. You were in the midst of the mass drama just the other day. The what? <laughs> you were in the midst of some of my mass drama just the other day. I know. Like, I was like, know. Just, I just, leave just, just, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Just ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, just ignore it? He's like... It really bugs me about Darren and the mask. <laughs> <laughs> no exceptions. Yeah. Ah, big thanks, Pam, for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Even uh, bigger thanks for one of the fantastic few who choose to support the show. Help us keep on keeping on over here at Grimerica. We can't do it without you guys. We don't have any corporate sponsors, no affiliates, none of that crap. No one's paying us. We need you guys to pay us if you're getting some value from the show. Head over to grammarica.ca slash support. Decide how much value the show's worth to you. Is it worth a buck a month, two bucks a month, a buck an app, two bucks an app? You decide, one-time donation. Uh, if you think we owe you money, you can email Graham and ask him. Uh, or sign up was, at the support page. I was going to mention that about Pamela, actually. Her, they don't ask for donations. They just ask for people to buy their stuff, their homeschool kits and all that kind of stuff. We so. don't have anything to sell you. Just more shows. We'll yeah. just make more yeah. shows. The more yeah. support we get, the more shows you Go get. Go get your This Is Bullshit mask, though, from... Grammarica.ca slash swag. Yeah. Join the chats, grammarica.ca yeah. slash chats. Yeah, email us. Email Graham. Graham at grammarica.com. Yeah. You can review the show. Grammarica.ca slash iTunes if you're on an iDevice or... You can go in the show notes, has a list of all this stuff. Do all the stuff for the show notes. And support the show. And uh, tell your friends about the show. Be kind to each other. Uh, wear a mask if you want to. If you don't want to, don't. Don't let anyone pressure you into doing anything you don't want to do. We love you. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week.
drop in the bucket, baby. You're just a single solitary drop in the bucket, baby. You're just a drop in the bucket, baby. You're just a single solitary drop in the bucket, baby.
million dollar house up for sale back in my hometown think I'll buy it up with my good charm buy myself a dog to be my best friend there's a million dollar house up for sale Myself a dog to be my best friend. There's a million dollar 